Hey guys, welcome to the Swole Chacho Podcast. I'm Dimitri. I am Alex. And uh, apparently Alex is feeling really low right now. You said to talk into the mic, so I'm talking yeah, into the talk mic. Yeah, talk into it. Yes, I'm talking into it. I can't push my lips anymore further into this mic. I hope this doesn't sound bad. Hey, you told me to speak into the mic. Yeah, speak into it, not on it. Who understands you? Uh, human beings. Clearly not the good ones. Okay. So on that dumb note, I think we should talk about People who come into training with pre-existing issues, so people with injuries, people in pain, um, people who are overweight, underweight, and how to handle them and what they should expect. So let's start with, let's say, an injury, right? Somebody, a very common injury would be like a knee injury or a back injury or pain in those areas. So, you know, if you got somebody who... Got so what's your process of taking somebody in who comes in with let's say pre-existing knee injuries? Okay, so pre-existing knee injuries, I'll go with what where the injury stemmed from. You know, was it a, a sports injury, work injury? And the only reason for that is I kind of want to know uh, what kind of shape they were in when the injury happened because that has something to do with recovery. And then what their recovery process was like, you know. The, do they have insurance, not have insurance? Will they ever go to PT, go see a doctor, go get screening, you know, an MRI or something? And then after that, kind of figure out really like what the pain is. Like, is it is it pain from the injury or is it pain resulting from not moving as much as they should because of the injury, right? So if you had like a knee injury and then so you stopped moving as much you stop bending your knee you you didn't wouldn't do as many squatting movements or, or picking up movements and your knee just started to atrophy right and so is the pain because the knee's weak or is it pain because there's an injury that's my first step kind of figuring that out and that that takes a little while um, but then when it comes to the training aspect for me uh, in regards to a knee I'll still start them with a squat but then I'll just work range of motion so it'll be something like, even if we start with a bodyweight squat, I'll put him to a box, a high box. And then we'll say, hey, how does that feel? Oh, it's a little bit slight discomfort. Okay. Do you want to go more? Do you want to go less? Let's go a little more. Put down a little more. Like, oh, my knee hurts a little bit. Okay. All right. We'll stop here. We'll do a set of five. More often than not, I don't think I've ever had anybody with a knee injury not get better working range of motion. So as, you know, even within the first training session or subsequent training sessions, bring that box down and then have them see how it feels. And usually it gets, you know, they're able to get to a full squat with no added knee pain. And long term, they'll have reduced knee pain. And this is obviously through time. Yes. Oh, yeah. None of this is rushed. Okay. So that, I this think this isn't like a weekly thing. This no, is I like think monthly. Thing. That's a good point. Right. Is. Yeah. There's no reason that any of this has to be pushed. Immediate, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You take um, the approach as a range of motion. I slightly do the same. I go based off of, because I, I understand that most injuries happen because of alignment, right? Normally when you're squatting down, you don't really squat down with the proper alignment or the proper mechanics because uh, it's not like first nature well, it is first nature, but you kind of build up those bad habits throughout time. Right. Because you, you see all these, like, especially we we're just talking about this, these seven-year-old weightlifters who are just, they just move naturally. like Yeah. That, right. Because they well, have no previous 
bad habits. No, they don't have any bad habits. And look at a two-year-old just hold a perfect deep squat. Right. Right. When they first learn how to walk, when they go to pick something down, exactly. It's a perfect deep squat. Yep. Yep. So I, I, that's pretty much where I approach it. Right. Try to get back to, to, into those, um, those mechanics where you were born with. Yeah. Right. So, um, just having them in, in that same simple squat, uh, working with aligning, you know, the ankle, the knee, where the hips, you know, stay in the hips, things like that really tends to throw everything where it's supposed to, like as far as weight wise, like throw the weight into the muscle, not into the joint. Right. Right. So it's a very as, good distinction. Right. So as soon as they kind of grasp that, it's much easier to fix an injury and get it stronger. Like let's say your knee hurts, right? Um, more often than not, when you're squatting, you squat and you push off your toes. So your knees, let's say not that this is an issue if you're doing it correctly, but let's say your knee is in front of your toe, right? You push off your knee you and you send all of your weight into your knee capsule, right? right. Everything goes into the joint where in real, reality, joints are there to be moved, not to be pressured on. Correct. Right. Um, so shooting everything back into having the alignment, shoot the weight into the muscle uh, helps out 100%. And then working with that range of motion, like slightly, you know, work higher squats yeah. to kind of start getting used to, you know, rocking back, getting the knees back, um, knees out, staying in the heel, not so much in the toe, not so much in the knee, and then slowly working your range down, like slowly starting to remove some steps or some weights, whatever you're using for height, um, will tend to help any person with most knee injuries a lot more. Well, and I, I think with the knees, I think what people do to protect the knees is not move them. Right. And so in the squat, you need to move the knee. And I think the mistake people make when they have bad knees with squatting is obviously, A, not hitting the depth, even if they can, but B, not getting their knees forward enough in the beginning. And what I mean by this, when you're squatting and you're hesitant to push your knees forward to where they need to be, they're going to end up there anyways. They're going to get to where they need to be in order for your hips to have the movement to get deep enough. Yeah, I think pause you right there before it's more of where the primary mover is your hips right the pri the primary um, muscles are going to be the ones attached to your hips your knees are going to follow yeah right so wherever your hips move bend let your knees follow whatever they're going to do they got to do if you force like uh, an, a different angle on your knees that your hips aren't um what's, what's the word i'm using for that your, your hips are going to bend one way that makes your knees bend a certain way if you move your hips a certain way and then you force your knees to move it another way that's where most injuries and tweaks happen in that knee in a dynamic setting right so yeah. let it just kind of like flow whatever your hips do let your knees follow so uh, to that point right i think you're, right. you're, you're explaining it well uh don't keep don't force your knees back no nope. Let them go forward. and But again, people want to protect their knees, so they, they want to limit the movement. Your, your, your gym teacher will. Right, yeah. right. Like, don't, you know, don't, you don't, or. Um, Trust me, your gym teacher isn't around anymore. No, so. no. Your, your knees have to go. Yeah, they toe. have to go forward. And what that does is it, if you kind of understand the mechanics of it, it eliminates extra force on the knees. And you think, oh, but the knee's bending more. So, yeah, the knee's bending more, but it's bending more naturally. Yeah. You're not putting undue stress on the knee by forcing it back. And the other issue is knee slide. And so knee slide is when you get in the bottom of, of a squat, your knees shoot forward. Shoot forward. 
Because again, the knees have to end up in a certain point. Your body has to be a certain way in order to get to that lift. Your knees have to be a certain amount forward. Your hips have to be a certain amount back. Your back angle has to be a certain amount bent over. Yeah. That's just, it's just nature. Like that's just the geometry of your body. Yeah. Anatomy. And so I think that's the biggest mistake people with knee injuries make is that they don't allow their knee the full range of motion. Now, the other thing with that is besides the knee slide is then it doesn't work out all the muscles as much as they should. If no. you don't allow enough depth in your movement... There, there's a length-tension relationship that you have to meet in order for your muscle to actually, let's say, quote-unquote, activate. Yeah. Right? So if you want 100% of that muscle uh, to really be in full function, it's top of the patella, bottom of uh, little below the crest, the hip yeah. crest. Um, and that's a really good measurement of hitting most of your muscle. Well, and then right. when you go deeper in a squat, what other muscle group gets kicked in? The posterior chain. Right, right. But more often than not, squatting, let's say, as to grass, the length and the tension just completely um, goes away. Oh, yeah. There's definitely, right. so a, there's definitely once, a limit. So once you reach as to grass, like your average gym bro would go, it's everything goes into the knee and you'll feel it right in the knee because your muscle completely kind of deactivates per se, detaches. Well, it has to loosen. Right. So in order for you to get that low. So everything, all of that weight that you have on your back goes immediately into your knee. And now there's like a centimeter that you have to push up through the knee to get the muscle kick in yeah. and then come up. See, now my point was not going low enough. Right. And there's also like... So like that that was my point, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So I, you're, yes, that is correct. If you go too low... Then it right, but everything comes in relation to that length tension relationship. Yes. Where if you go too high, then you're not getting enough. If you go too low, then you're still not getting enough. right. Right, you're causing so probably there's more that sweet spot. Yep. And like you said, where like the hip, the hip crease dips just below the patella, the top of the knee. Yep. It just you know that's the the kind of the standard for powerlifting meets, but it also kind of works out as a good standard it's, for it's, squat yeah, physiology is in there. Now, that being said, some people have less and more mobility in their hips and their knees, and that may adjust. So that's just kind of like a, a baseline area. That's kind of where your um, your coach comes in. Yeah, and that's his, where coach uh, comes in. That's where his pair of eyes um, come in. And if he has really good developed eye where he can see the muscle be you know under tension, then he can probably push you a little bit lower yeah. if you truly want to. Without pain, of course. So now, you know, some people have like osteoarthritis in their knees or they have, um, I know the guy I'm training now had uh, a fractured knee, kneecap, and he's been training. And he says this is the first time in his adult life that he does not have knee pain is because of training. Yeah. And you hear that time and time again. Whenever you hear people coming in and they tell you you know they have these injuries from sports or from from life from work you know okay let's just start lifting and see how everything feels and in the beginning everything's tight it just is because they haven't moved you're new yeah Yeah. but then as everything loosens up as everything gets stronger they feel better it's like buying your brand new pioneer belt yeah right it's gonna be hard it's gonna be stiff you just gotta wear it which i think i may have to get a new belt really yeah i have to get a smaller one a smaller one yeah what size do you have large I'm on my last hole. Yeah. I don't feel like going down anymore. No. no. I'm in the second to last one. You can't make any more holes? I could. I mean, I could. It's just too much overlap. It's just the, the, the thing is just, yeah. Yeah, too much. It's too much. Um, so that's, but yeah, leather, right? Yeah. Break yourself in. <laughs> yeah, you have to break it in. You have to, you have to get it pliable. Right. Uh, now, let's say 
a back injury, right? Like that's something everybody deals with. So, and then I just want to preface it, okay? Preface real quick, and like back pain is kind of like its own unique thing, and you should like anytime your back hurts, you should really not think that you have an injury. The one thing I want to say is, if somebody tells you you have back pain because of a slip disc, don't assume that's correct. The only reason I say that is there's plenty of people with slip discs without back pain and plenty of people with back pain without slip discs. Just want to put that facts. out there. Spitting out true facts. Yeah. Backed up by science. Look it up. Yep. Um, and more often than not, your body works as a chain. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's say your knee, your, your injuries did start off the knee, right? It's very probable that it's going to shoot up to your back. Right. Or, or, or step by step, right? Shoot up your, to your, your hip, hips. And shoot your up back. to your back and then shoot up to your neck. Right, and then that's where it's a whole chain, right? So catching something really early is going to be key to not letting those injuries kind of uh, mature. Yeah, and like you were saying before, th- everything's a chain, right? And so the reason that your hips and your back and everything starts hurt is because you're not moving, right? Right. You're, you're restricting your movements, so your body gets tighter and tighter, and you, you lose that strength and that flexibility. And you're thinking, you're, oh, you're protecting your knee by not moving it around, right? when in reality, you're affecting your hips, your back, your neck. Yeah. Eventually, you get migraines. It's all, that fun that's stuff. all it's real a, it's stuff. A huge, it's a huge chain, and all just because of one little knee injury, yeah. right? Obviously, it's not going to be like morning to night, but it's going to take some time for you to do that. But, you know, just don't let it get to that point. So now, so back injuries um, or back Issues. So, curious, I have a client, um, came in with knee injuries and low back injuries, right? Um, so, she was very scared of squatting because of the same issue, Yeah. right? Um, and then more more, more often than not, I know why the back hurts, um, and I also know where the knee hurts, right? So, I have her demonstrate what, what, what her squats look like. Yeah. So, yeah. My she, assumption is they don't look very good from the beginning. They look like the average squat you see everywhere. Yeah. Right. So where it's it's a knee bend, not so much of a hip hinge. Mm-hmm. Right. So the knee bends. So they okay, I see where the weight's going to the knee. Cool. Now when they when they drop down, their head is up, their chest is up, and they have what I like to call a twerking butt. <laughs> right. So their yeah. their pelvis is anteriorly tilted, where it's causing a lot of impingement into that lower back. So that that, that anterior tilt that means it's like they're they're shoving their butt up and out literally like you're twerking yeah yeah like like a man like so instead of that's that's yeah, your so, cue right and, and you can tell like if you can stand then you can do this on yourself like stand still and try to rotate like your hips forward and i know it seems weird to think about but if you just try to like rotate your hips forward and trust me it looks extremely weird too yeah but if you if you gain control over that then you have really good control over your body. Well, and that's that's how a lot of people test like a deadlift, the ability, even though I, I don't think that's necessary. I think you, you just kind of pick up how to deadlift. But I know a lot of people screen the deadlift with it's, it. Um, it's important, not, not, necessarily, I'm not, saying it's not, not important. necessarily to screen it, but to teach the aspect of moving the hips. Yeah. Um, and I do all of this even before like we start deadlifting, squatting or anything. like With a simple uh, bird dog, with a simple... Um, uh, dead bug and with a simple glute bridge, those yeah. three exercises. Not, I don't use them. Well, I, I use them as screening to see where they're at, but more often than not, to have them contract the glutes. Teach other body, right? So contract. So let's go for the glute bridge, right? You contract your glutes and then you come up. Yeah. Right. Where you lock your hips, not um, hyperextend your back. 
Correct. Right? Yes, that's a good so, point. So aligning, have, feeling that alignment of where your hips lock out and then keeping your back neutral to the hips causes very causes no impingement to the lower back. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you translate that into the deadlift, you lock out your hips without causing that um, hyperextension in your back without causing that impingement in the lower back, which more often than not, your squat, you tend to get that twerking butt up. So you tilt your pelvis up before you start moving, and then you bring your chest up before you start moving, causing that pinching in the back, and then you move. Yeah. Right? So it's during that movement after the pinching where the lower back pain happens. Right? So one thing that I I like to use on people that I see uh, who do that is – the two, the two two by fours, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Connect one in your and your clavicle, connect one in your hips, one in your back, one in your hips. It's gonna prevent any kind of movement, right? So just keep everything in a unit. Keep your hips, keep your chest in a unit. Move at the same time. Don't let any bend happen in in any position once you start moving. Um, and then you just have them like remember how the uh, dead bug happened, right? Keep it tight. Remember how the um, uh, bird dog, you know, keeping everything spine neutral do that same thing so after you know practicing it they hop in the bar it's easier right and then all of that keeping the body in um, alignment keeping the body in um, moving how it's supposed to be moving more often than not all their pain goes away in that instant and now it's just a matter of getting used to that and getting those muscles stronger so you don't go back to where you were yeah so if your knees hurt squat yeah no for sure yeah and now like with the back i think the biggest thing people fear with their back is um quote unquote lifting incorrectly and quote unquote picking stuff up right every time somebody has a back injury that's either how they they did it they either pick something up and and mess up their back um or they picked up something too heavy and mess up their back and again most of that is just because they didn't understand how to brace and pick up stuff correctly right so the then like on a squat, most people will say, "Oh, I'm not bending over all that much." Okay, I I can deal with my back. It's the deadlift that really freaks people out if they have a back injury. I think oh. it's the name. Well, I think that's a valid point, so, right? Yeah. It, it it's like the deadlift is basically just mean that you're picking up something from a dead stop. That's why it's called a deadlift, not because you're picking up a dead body. And I think. I mean, technically. I mean, a dead body is dead weight, which I and guess is it's valid in the ground. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Whoever came up with these names is was name something freaky. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, listen. So we're gonna do this whole lift of it, kind of like you're picking up a dead body. Um, wh- wh- what do you mean, a dead lift? Huh? What? <gasps> wait, what'd you say? Deadlift? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're gonna call it that. Yeah. Um, so let's do this body and then do the other one. There'll be two deadlifts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times? I don't know. Three sets of five. <laughs> Whoever picks up the the heaviest dead body wins. It's like it's the strong man just going through. Yeah, right. Anci- like ancient strong man. I wonder if that's how Atlas Stone's got invented. That's well, yeah. Let's not go too dark into. No, that. no, no. We're not gonna go into that. <laughs> but it getting people over the fear of the deadlift, and so this is always why I love starting with lighter weight than they think they can do. Right. I'll start and but then also not tell them how much weight's on the bar. So like an average person, I'll start like an, a lighter weight person, I'll start like sixty five to ninety five, right? Mm-hmm. And then a heavier weight person, I'll start between ninety five and one thirty five, depending on on stuff. So I'll always start them off with something light. I'll tell them where we're starting, especially if if somebody's freaked out about. It. I'll tell them, oh, it's sixty five pounds. Like oh, sixty five pounds, that's so heavy. I'm like, no, it's not. Trust me. And it, the bar just flies up. That wasn't very heavy. 
Yeah, I know. It's not that heavy because you're using all of your body to pick it up. So once that kind of gets going and then they kind of see that they're not as fragile, it's, it's again, like we said before, it's a slow process for them to kind of get it out of their head. Yeah, losing the little fear they might have gotten of getting injured. Yeah. And getting re-injured. The weight, the name, something new. Like, there's just a lot of things going on at once that adds up to fear. But, I mean, if your coach is competent enough to kind of slap you out of it. Yeah. And you're able to just follow directions. Or patient enough. That, too. Very important. Because I've had an example of two clients where one is a uh, male in his 40s, big dude, right? But always had back problems. And so he would go to the chiropractor like a couple times a month to kind of take care of his back problems. As soon as he started training within... So pretty much just to empty out his wallet? Yeah, well, kind of, you know. Disclaimer. Because it feels, it feels good, right? And there's something to be said about feeling better. That's a real thing. But... Once he started training, he stopped going to the chiropractor because his back pains went away. Yeah, He had one issue in a year where his back flared up. Yeah. So kind of uh, in the words of Dr. Steffi Cohen, right? Chiropractic adjustments are there to facilitate exercise movements to never have to ever go back to an adjustment, quote unquote, <laughs> again. All right. So like what, the same what principle that, of foam rolling. What that does is simply kind of frees up pain in order for you to do exercises that will actually work towards your recovery yes normally when you go to a chiropractor this hurts that hurts this movement is quote-unquote impossible you get snapped your toxins get your gases and your toxins get all messed up go back into uh, where they're supposed to go and now you're hitting the gym with less pain more movement facilitates movement and now you're say you're deadlifting 10 pounds or sets of 10, 15, yeah. right? And then you keep that going, right? And then you never have to go back to that chiropractor ever again. No. Just waste your money. No. Um, but that's, you know, that's the same thing with what people say about uh, foam rolling. You know, like, you don't need a foam roll. There's no backing up that foam rolling does anything. All of that is just to facilitate movement. Right. To momentarily facilitate movement to progress to something else that will have more longevity. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That whole phrase. That was a good one. I know. I'm going to record it or I'm going to I'm going to take a snapshot of that. But yeah, so like back pain, when people go to get trained and they're afraid of of back, the issue then leads to especially on a deadlift is then they'll either want to squat down too much and pick it up with their legs, which then throws the whole thing out of alignment. Or jerking. Them or the other, that's the other one, is that they jerk it up too fast yep. and then load their back in the process. Yep. So this is the other person who was afraid of getting injured. This person, I don't know if they'd ever been injured, but they were very afraid of being injured and injuring their back. So they, it took a lot of um, influence and motivation to get them to deadlift. Just their working sets. It wasn't even yep. like anything heavy. But to them, it just was just the fact that they did it pain free. Yeah. Very motivating. Well, no, but th- their fear was there every time with this person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they would, they could do the deadlift fine and they would do it slow. And like, oh, it's too heavy, it's too heavy. And then they just go and grip it and rip it and do terrible form. Be like, oh, that, that was, that felt good. I'm like, y- you know, if you just would take part A and part B and mix them together appropriately, we'd have a really good deadlift. And you're yeah. way stronger and resilient than you think you are. Yeah. 
So, and then I think other than those two injuries, the other injury that everyone has that they deal with are shoulder injuries. Oh, the good old shoulder injury. Yeah. You know, it, you, a lot of times the, the shoulder, because there's no protection in it, it's a, it's a ball and socket that's very exposed to movement because it needs to be. You tend to run an injury. It's a very weak joint. Yeah, especially if you had a sport like I did with wrestling, where it's very joint heavy, especially yeah. on the shoulder. And, you know, some of it is manipulating a shoulder to put it in a compromised position yep. and have pain caused on your opponent. And you cause injuries that way. I know I have shoulder injuries from, from sports, from wrestling. I know the guy I'm coaching right now at home, he has injuries shoulder injuries from basketball and from life and the the best thing about the system that we use the the simple lifts that we use is so he had shoulder he had a hard time getting a low bar back squat right so i put him under the bar had him push away kind of opened up the shoulder a little bit did some movements he was able to get a high bar pain-free it's perfect so we're able to squat and then we we started pressing incorporating the shrug at the top bring the traps and went kind of let the scapula rotate a little more pain-free those in combination doing the pressing and doing some movements he doesn't have any any shoulder impingement issues now when we bench now he doesn't have issues kind of just like exposing his shoulder to new things yeah to fix it yes mm -hmm. just move and again this is something that we're gonna just talk about all the damn time movement just move, move just it. move yeah but so so you a good way to looking at it is exercises are meant to be done, right? So what do you mean by done? Yeah, so they're made to be done, right? Like so it's made for you're made is, to move, like right? You're made to move that way, right? So if a back squat exists, that means you should be able to get into a back squat. That's that's actually right? really. That's, I mean, it's a very simple simple as that. Yeah, right? if it exists, you should be able to do it. Now, how? Well, are you going to do it, perform it? Maybe not super well at first, but, you know, just exposing yourself to it, you'll condition to it. Yeah. Right? It's just like any training program, right? Condition to whatever workload you got to do, right? Condition uh, food-wise, right? Condition to how much of a food you got to eat, right? Open up the appetite. Sleep, you know, same thing. Um, getting your body under the bar will get make you make it comfortable over time. Yeah. Right, getting a shrug into the press will make it comfortable over time. Getting yourself into a deadlift will make it comfortable over time. Yeah, right. So it's just expose yourself to new things, get out of your comfort zone, and I mean, discover new ways of lifting pain free. And I think the biggest thing that people have, no, those those are, those are beautiful words. I know. I'm glad that you think so. <laughs> but this also gets back to something else. I think we said was um, you. Nothing has to be done at a certain at any pace Level. that you feel uncom right. right uncomfortable with. If anybody tells you that you have to, if you don't feel comfortable adding weight, and somebody tells you you have to add weight, that's not very good. Now they may be trying to tell you that hey, you're stronger than you think to be, but a lot of times people just say, oh, just gotta add weight, just gotta add weight, or that's what's the point of lifting if you're not trying there to add weight? There has to be a reason behind a progression, right? So there's different kinds of progressions. Even yes. for that squat, right? Sure, the main progression would be, you know, add more weight to the bar, get stronger and healthier, whatever. But sometimes a progression, like it could be from starting off from a high bar to a little lower to then a, a hybrid mix 
to then a low bar. That's huge shoulder progression. That's right a there. lot. Yeah. Right. That right there. And you can keep the same weight. Yeah. Right. And then once you get it to that low bar position where you originally wanted it, then that weight's going to feel a lot lighter because of where that bar is being aligned now. Right. So now weight can be possible. Right. So now you progress through weight. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, the your options are endless. Well, I think, you know, you and I have talked about how systematic we approach all these things. I think that's something for people to keep in mind is you just take it day by day, right? Fix one thing at a time. Yep. You know, if you have, like you were talking about, if you have issues getting under a bar on a squat, work on getting under the bar on a squat. If you have to use a safety bar squat for the time being, or you're going to use, you know, goblet squats. Or, or grab one of those um, um wooden rods. Yeah. You know, that are super long. Sometimes you get more comfortable with a super wide grip mm-hmm. and then slowly start to narrow it down. Yep. And then the bar gets comfortable because, you know, sometimes weight is a key factor into doing all of that. Um, so maybe starting off with something very light, like a wooden rod and then the technique bar, right? And then the actual 45. And then by then your shoulder mobility should be a lot better. Yep. Right. Or a simple broom. It, broom works wonders for a lot of things. I've done, I need to help my shoulder mobility in particular for like snatch and clean and jerk and stuff, but it, it's helped me for other stuff is the, uh, and this is a little bit advanced and I, I don't suspect anybody needs to do it or should do it, but it's where you take the bar real wide and kind of rotate it back over your head and onto oh, your back. Shoulder dislocation. Yeah. I mean, you're not actually dislocating your no, shoulder. That's what, the, that's what that's it's what called. It's called. But I think just working range of motion ultra wide. I'm it's gotten a lot of people just kind of open up their shoulders. I actually, I start off with that with all of my clients. Really? If they have an issue like getting back into like the shoulder squat, like yeah. shoulder squat into the squat. Yeah. Shoulder squat. I have them do like the very light resistance band, like the five pound one. Yeah. And I have them stretch it out as far as they can and just go up and down as far as you can. Then back forward, back as far as you can, then back forward. And then after like a two sets of 15, they're able to reach more and more and more. Yeah. And then they're able to actually turn the whole way. It's like, okay, hop under the bar now. They hop under the bar, like, oh, much better. More often than not, it's just that life is very frontal. So your chest is very tight. Mm-hmm. So stretching your chest out to where it's less uncomfortable to get that stretch under the bar. That's it. Right. That's it. And then that's, that's kind of why I, that's kind of one of the reasons I, I do it now. Is because it really gets a, a good stretch into that chest, but it's not a static stretch. It's kind of like a more dynamic stretch. Right. Right. And it really, you know, lubricates that shoulder to open up more and more and more. Get comfortable with putting your arms behind. Um, and then more often than not, getting under the bar is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. No, and squat is one of the other things. The other thing is bench press, right, with shoulder injuries where people do it can hurt to do a bench press. Uh, and so it, it's okay to not bench press or to modify the bench press. Pin uh, presses work fine. Pin presses work great. Dumbbell bench press. Floor presses. Floor presses. Incline. Close grip tends to work really well with it. You know what close injuries? grip does? Uh, um, for me who has shoulder impingement issues, it close grip was really good. Close grip, yeah. Uh, I, so like when I warm up for bench press, I know we've talked about it. I'll take like a, a five-pound weight, five-pound dumbbell. And just do some shoulder rotation, some internal, external rotation stuff, some light presses, just to kind of get blood flow into there. Yeah, sometimes you just have to extend your warm-ups a little bit more. It doesn't have to be a ton. No. 
an extra couple minutes, you, some bands or something. Take you your know? time. Prime your body. Prime your joints for an awesome session. Yep. That's about it. Same thing with um, squats, deadlifts, anything that you're going to do. You know, prime your body for movement, mobility, stability. It doesn't have to take 20, 30 minutes. No. Five minutes. At I most. think max I take is 10 minutes because the amount of work I do. Yeah. Um, max is like 10 minutes, and it's like a total of like three, four exercises. And I mean, I, I could probably make it three minutes, but I take my sweet time with it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, and then I finally hop under the bar. I know for, for me, for the majority of the stuff, they're just warming up with the bar, particularly with squats and everything. But I'll do more sets with the bar. So I've mm-hmm. done up to like five sets with the bar. Yeah, no, Just I, I slowly warming up. Yeah, I prefer doing your little um, outside mobility, stability work, like quick lunges, uh, quick uh, toe touches, quick uh, hip thrusters. Um, what else do I do? Open up my hips, sit on the squat. And then I like to, once I hop under the bar, it's like go time. It's no warm up time. So I do possibly two sets with the bar. Yeah. And then just go jump, 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 jump until yeah. I can wait. But everybody finds their way. Everybody has their way. And so I think that kind of like the key takeaway to this whole thing, if we can sum up the whole thing, is A, find a good coach that you feel comfortable with. B, communicate with your coach what your issues are. C, be patient. Can we add a D? You can always add some D. What's your D? Move. Yes. Movement. Just move. Yep. Move. That's a good D. You had a good good D. D. Yeah. I'm very proud of your D. So so this isn't PG. It's whatever it is. Okay. So D plus? Definitely D plus. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um so after moving the D, um you should feel ten times better. And yeah, you know, having a very competent coach and not forcing you to do things that you don't need to things that you feel pain with because there's one thing that i tell all my clients is discomfort is acceptable pain isn't right right like yeah i mean hopping for the first time out of the bar might be discomforting but if, is it painful like if they say yeah okay so let's work on something else to get that with less pain yep right and then you kind of have to work your way towards discomfort no <laughs> and, i mean and that's then, but again. as funny as it sounds right that's how it is like from pain you work your way towards discomfort and then after the discomfort is just nothing yeah right or what can you deal with right right and but and that takes time time absolutely be p- very patient um be open-minded to your endless opportunities of healing up your body yes. through movement no matter how strange it looks it probably works and stop being afraid I thought you were going to say stop being a bitch. No. I was like, that too. Well, I mean, that's part of it, right? But yeah. like, like bodies aren't porcelain dolls. They're built to recover. They're built to take a certain amount. They're built to recover. So if it, it, no. in, an injury... No. I'm going to slap you. Your body is built to adapt. Yes. That's what I'm saying. No. You said recover. Yeah. No. Adapt to recovery. Adapt to build. No, you adapt to adapt stress. To everything. By recovering. You adapt as you adapt the adaptation. Bam. Quote that. You know, you had some really good quotes this episode. It's towards the end of this podcast, so we got to leave them up with a little smile. I I dropped my knowledge already. I only have so much for a day. It's uh, this, it's in short supply with you. It is. It is. It is. You got. I got quick bursts of yeah. knowledge. So I think that's about it, right? You yeah, take your so. time. Find a coach. Or even if you don't find a coach, let's say you want to go the cheap route, which I highly don't recommend. No. Um, 
definitely listen to your body um, as far as pain and discomfort. Try to find the difference between both. And, you know, just try to work with what we've told you. Yeah. Or get a coach. Yeah. Just get a coach. Or get me. Or Dimitri. Sign our DMs. Bam, bam, bigelow. So if you guys want to have any questions or you want to reach out, you can reach us at Podcast at gmail.com or on social media. I hate every time you say that. Well, if we get it an actual have, website. It, it should have been SwolchachoCast at gmail.com. I mean, we can guess Swolchacho. But now, no, 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 no. But now you're like, SwolchachoPodcast at gmail.com. You know what? Don't send us an email because I will not look at it. I will throw that whole email away. And I will probably spam you for the rest of your life. So you can email me at SwolchachoPodcast at gmail.com. You could email him. Or, or hit up our Instagram at SwolchachoCast. Um... And our Twitter at SolChachoCast and just send us your questions or whatever you want to send us. Yeah. Except the D's. Alejandro's always looking for more D's. So no. you can send him as much D as you want. Yikes. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Don't send D's. Stay strong.